You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. the journey to wholeness. And I'm going to tell you, there's been something burning in me for the last couple of years, and I have preached in cycles on this. Um, But I feel like God wants us to go after this with some tenacity, uh, with some sacrifice, and uh, just all, all of our hearts, everything we are. You know, I talk to you guys all the time, and the one constant word I hear is hunger. We're hungry for God. We're hungry for more. We're hungry for whatever he has. That's what we want. And that's what we're hungry for. And as I was kind of been praying about this and thinking about this, just trying to sort out so much. So I'm going to share some today. And over the next weeks, we're going to talk about this, but one of the things I realized was a couple of months ago, I did a conference and it was three days and the presence of God was so heavy. But one thing I saw or I didn't see is the level of healing that I normally see. Uh, usually when the presence of God there, there is a flood, an overflow of healing. And I called the leader up after I got back home because I was praying about it. I was thinking about it. And I called them up and I said, you know, pull your leadership together and pray and ask the Lord, is there interference in the wholeness that God has for your church? We had other breakthroughs, some other things, but um, the healing level, physical, I'm talking about was not there. And um, it was interesting because as I was talking to our board to, and we were kind of talking through it, we've seen a lot of healing. There's no doubt. But there was a word spoken over our church last August, and I tried to find it this morning, but I couldn't. I've been looking for it for a couple of days. It should be recorded somewhere. I just can't quite find it about how God is breaking open an anointing of wholeness for his people. That's not just physical, but it's body, mind, soul, and spirit. There's a wholeness being released in this hour. And you know that when there is a word of that level released, there is a testing from the enemy that will come against it. And Friday night at the prophetic night, I think it was two Fridays ago. I don't know. I don't really two Fridays ago. Uh, I was, for some reason, I had the word about the spirit healing our mortal bodies out of Romans 8. And I said, those who need healing stand up. Probably 90% of the people in the church stand up, stood up. And I was actually a little bit surprised. But then I was mad. Because sickness and disease is part of of the healing that Jesus has given us. So if we have that much sickness and disease, that means we're in a war of wholeness. And we're going to fight this war tooth and nail 
word and spirit and get breakthrough in this. And one of the words that Chuck gave me, gave this morning was there is breakthrough coming this morning. And so we're, we're putting a demand on that breakthrough. Uh, So I want to talk about wholeness and we're going to talk about it in terms of all aspects. We're going to talk about body wholeness. We're going to talk about soul wholeness, spirit wholeness, mind wholeness. We're going to talk about financial wholeness. We're going to talk about family wholeness because all of those things are provided for by Christ. And if he's provided for them, that means we have access to them. And if we have access to them, that means that they are ours. So we are in a little bit of a, I don't know even what to call it, but there's a space between what we should be having and what we are having. And it doesn't mean we don't have breakthroughs because you can look on the wall and that's not even a, 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 a smidgen of what God is saying and what God has done. But there is, there is something else we are supposed to be having that we don't have that God wants to give us. And part of this process is for us to dig in together and say, whatever it is, Lord, we're going to dismantle the enemy's attack against us through the oneness of the body together. And we will see a victory for each of us. And I know there's many of you that have been fighting with um, sickness for a long time and, and financial and all that. And we're, we just aren't going to have it. We aren't going to have it. Um, it stops here. It stops today. Daggone it. I'm mad about it. I am. I just, I'm telling you, when I looked across that room and I saw almost everybody stood, stood up, I was like, God, what in the heck is going on? Because what happened that night was in opposition to what his word has promised us. It's also in opposition to the manifestation of healings that we've seen. So we need to understand and have the revelation from God, what is going on here? And the bigger question, what is your strategy, Lord, to have us get the breakthrough that we need? Okay. So we know I've talked on, I preached on a few months ago, the war, the war against truth. We're warring for truth. We know that we're warring for God's promises. I've preached on those a few times, but, um, we, we also understand that there is an adversary that is warring against us. So part of the issue here is there is a war being waged against us by Satan and his minions And those who are in agreement and working with the enemy against God. There is no, I'm in the middle. You're either for God or you're against God. There's, that's what the word says. There's nothing like, well, I'm not anything. No, you are. You're either one or the other. There's no neutral. There are those who love to do evil. And that is working against us. And there are those who are blinded by the truth and through their blindness, they are um, sowing a seed of lies and contempt 
against what God wants to do. Now, I'm going to say something else right after this, but uh, the other part of this is our souls, our minds, our wills, our physical bodies have also blinded us to some of the things that God wants to do through us, for us, and to us. And we're going to go after that. Amen. You know, we all have hidden places, and that's the reason we're part of a body to help expose the hidden places. So I'm going to just going to ask, how many people need healing in their bodies? Good number of us. Okay, so we're going to go after that too. Uh, but what I want to, us to understand is there is assignment against us that the enemy has, right? right? His job is to kill, steal, and destroy us. But Jesus, by the blood of the lamb, by the sacrifice, yeah. he gives life to, our, to us in every way, in every fashion. So what the enemy's plan is will never overpower the plan of Christ. Amen. Never. And I, I read something recently, and I don't even know who wrote it, but he said, it's not about power, it's about authority. We have to understand our authority. So uh, that's what we're going to go after, and we're going to go after it in a big way for the next couple of months in one accord. Awesome. And it's going to cost us all. We're going to have to sacrifice. We're going to have to focus. We're going to have to drill down because I believe that that word that Jean gave last August is a word for us right now. And if anybody finds it, send it to me because I'd love to hear it again. But um, let me just tell you how we're going to go after it. We're just going to talk about it a little bit because it's going to take all of us in one accord to have this breakthrough. And uh, there's, a, there's two scriptures I want to read. It's Zephaniah 3, 9. It says, for then I will restore to the peoples a pure language. And they will all, they, that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. So we're going after the Lord with one accord. And what that's going to look like is we're going to move into a season of worship, praise, Thanksgiving gratitude. Yeah. And we're going to do that every time we gather. We're going to, just like we did today, that we just had that open space to really praise and worship him. Uh, I'm going to encourage everyone who can to be here at 930 when we do intercessory prayer, prophetic impartation, and prophetic preparation and impartation. You know, as we were talking as a board, and um, I, I just... Gene said something that I forget. A lot of times prophetic is released during our 930 intercession time that actually ignites the service. And if you can be here at 930, I'm going to encourage you to be here at 930. Karen has had a vision for after we get through with our morning prayer is to have a moment of impartation to stir up inside of us. So our eyes see, our ears hear, our spirits receive all that God has for us. So I'm just going to encourage that. We're also going to begin a 30 day fast. And it will begin on Wednesday, July 21st. So we're going to give us kind of a week to prepare. You'll get all the information. And what we'll do is each day we will have a focus. So we'll send you one week at a time for that week that that's what we'll focus on. 
and it'll be the focus of worship, praise, thanksgiving, and these specific things, you know, uh, wholeness in our souls, in our minds, in our bodies. Uh, so that's, that'll be for four weeks, and we'll end the fast as a family on, maybe I should look, August 20th, <laughs> which is a Friday night. It's our outpouring night. And we're going to come into this 30-day fast with expectation that God will use it to bring forth a breakthrough in all of these things. If God has told us what to do, that means that he will fulfill the purpose of what we're doing, right? So that's what we're going to do. And then our Thursday night study will start back up. We will also be, everything's going to be geared toward wholeness. It's going to be geared toward wholeness. And of course, we have our women's study, which is geared toward wholeness. It's called Captivating. We have our men's study. That's the fourth Saturday. That's uh, Wild at Heart, written by each of, written by husband and wives. And it's all toward the same thing. We're going to see the breakthrough of the Lord on our lives, on our bodies, on our families' lives. We are going to. That is a declaration that we can stand on and know that God's going to do. So that's the process we're going to do. And I wrote this as funny because this process, through this process, we're going to get the Roto-Rooter out. And it's going to remove anything that keeps us being in alignment with God. Does everybody know what a Roto-Rooter is? Okay. <laughs> because we have to get the plumb line ready. For the word of God, being aligned with the word of God, and that's where we stand. When we pull the chalk line, it pops. The word of God is here, and we're on top of it. We're not to the right. We're not to the left. We are on top of it. So let's get started. That was just the preliminary. Well, you know, yeah. You're making fun of me, I know, but that's good. You know, it's so burning in my heart. I have seen so many miracles of God. I've seen healings. I've seen families restored. I've seen with my own very eyes. I have experienced my own self. And when I know that there's something that is cogging up the wheel, then I know we've got to figure out what that is. And I feel like God, I've been talking to God about this since about May. And I feel like God is showing me that this united front with the word as our plumb line and the fellowship as our, as our uh, kind of our, our support and our encouragement of one another. I know we're going to have a breakthrough. I know that that's what he's told me. So we're going to start with 3 John 1, 2. And I want to talk about this a little bit. And I know it's a very common scripture. And it starts out, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Yeah, it's funny. When God talks, he talks in all and many times when we hear, we hear all but. But when God says, I pray that you, Paul is, uh, John is saying, I pray that you may prosper in all things. He means all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. 
So this is, a, this is the wholeness. We're going to prosper in all things. We're going to be in health and our soul is going to prosper. And we understand that as we prosper, everyone around us prospers. That is how the kingdom works. When one prospers, everybody prospers. When one has breakthrough, everybody has breakthrough. So we are going to prosper at all things. And then verse three, sometimes we stop at verse two, right? But verse three says, for I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. So we're going to make sure that the truth is in us, not a perception of the truth, not a skew of the truth, but the truth. Verse four says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And Paul writes something, and I didn't give this to uh, uh, Noah, but it's 1 Corinthians 4, 15, because I, I just want to mention this too. Paul writes in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 4, 14. Let me go there first. It says, I do not write these things to shame you. And he's been, you know, writing to the Corinthians, to the church of Corinth. But as my beloved children, I warn you. And this is what I want us to hear. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. And this is a season of fathers and mothers raising up in the body. And that's what Matt was talking about when he was talking about Clint. The parenting of the body is alive and active. And you've got to find those fathers and mothers to come up under. Uh, He continues on to say, for in Christ, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you imitate me. So Paul is instructing them that you've got to get underneath someone who can parent you in this season that can help you grow, that can instruct you, that can help nudge you to the truth of the word. Cause that's what we're going after the truth of the word. And we know we have it all in part and God is working on our parts that aren't working right. And he's replacing them with the truth, but we've got to get underneath the truth of the word. We've got to get under that plumb line. Yeah. So we're going to start in John 13 verse 36. And we'll go as far as we can go today, and then we'll do some more next week. John 13, verse 36. And Jesus has been uh, explaining to the disciples what's going to happen. And Simon Peter says to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, Why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. So that is Peter's heart. He loves Jesus. That is his heart. And Jesus answered him and said, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. 
Now, this is a soul issue with Peter. Peter is committed to Jesus. He's given up his fishing business to follow Jesus. In his mind, he will lay down his life for Jesus. But his soul is not aligned with where he thinks he is. Uh, that has happened to all of us where we think, oh, I would never do this. And next thing we know, we just did it. It happens to us. And these are the things that God wants to cleanse our hearts from is to reveal the hidden soul issues that we have so that we are in full alignment with the commitment that we've made to Christ. We want to be full alignment to that commitment that we've made to Christ. Jesus, I mean, Peter believed he would die. And I can't imagine even when Jesus said to him, uh, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. I can imagine him thinking, yeah, right. You know, or really? No, I'm going to lay down. You know, we, we have these, these um, uh, conversations within ourselves when we are challenged. And Jesus challenged him, but we know what happened. Jesus is captured. He is arrested. And Peter stands among those who are part of that observing party. And when they say, oh, you were with him, he says, oh, no, not me. Now, the first time you think he would have been like, wait a minute, ding, 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 connect the dots. Jesus said, you'll deny me. Then it happens again. And then it happens again. And the word says he whipped, he wept bitterly that his heart was broken because he realized where he wanted to go. His soul did not have the capacity to take him there. And Jesus revealed the hiddenness of that soul issue in order for him to be able to go the fullness of the race. He didn't say to him, well, that's it. I'm done with you. You've denied me. I'm going to pick someone else. He said to him, you're ready for the next thing. There's restoration here. You faced what you thought you never could face. It probably never dawned on, on Peter that he couldn't run the race to die with Jesus in that moment that he thought was his opportune time because he was a warrior at heart. And then suddenly the hiddenness of his soul was revealed. And through that revelation, it strengthened him in order to take the next step that Christ had ordained him for. So when we are faced with the hidden things that prevent us from moving forward, our choice is to step into it, no matter how shameful or how embarrassed or how whatever it is, in order for Jesus to bring healing to it. 
so we can go through it for the next thing that Christ has for us. He reveals to strengthen us, not to shame us. He reveals to heal us, not to destroy us. And that's part of this journey of wholeness. You know, we have to be willing to face the things that we don't even know we carry. That Jesus is happy to reveal in the right time and the right moment so that we are able to move forward in the anointing and the calling that he has for us. Because whenever we make a de declaration, there's testing that will come with that declaration. We will see testing that will come with it. So the more we declare the word, God will refine us so that the word is not just something that came out of our mouth, but it's something that's sown into our heart. So every time we face something like that, we already have the word tested within us. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, when you uh, became a Christian, there was testing that came with it. Right. Especially when you told your friends who weren't. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Have you gone crazy? Are you one of those weird people? And you're like, I don't know. Am I? I, I might be. I don't, I don't know. Is that weird? You know, it's funny because uh, I told you guys before that my dad was an alcoholic. And, um, but he wasn't like raging drunk every day. It's just he was just, but he was. Uh, he was an alcoholic. And I grew up in a house that was very uh, loud. My dad yelled all the time. So I thought everybody's house was like that. And I went and stayed at one of my friends for the first time. And I was like quiet over here <laughs> and her dad was like super quiet and I was like is your dad okay I mean I didn't know because when you see what's what you think is normal and then your perspective has a different view then you have to determine what do I what do I believe what is real what is tangible and that's what we do as we go through the word like I shared earlier um What's his name? Dutch Sheets said, the Lord told him, and this has been a while back. He said, when you read, don't go to the next verse until you believe the verse you just read. Yeah. It's not about how many verses we can get in. It's about allowing the verse that we read to transform us and get sewn into us so that when we go out, we've already been transformed by the word that we just read. So it's about, God, what do you want to do with what I'm reading? So Peter had to have his issue revealed so he could be healed. And so that that part, whatever it was, whether he was double-minded, whether he was afraid, whether he felt peer pressure, it doesn't matter what he felt. It's just that there was something in there that did not hit the plumb line of God that he declared that I will die for you today. And God's going to use this process of, of um, fasting to pull our plumb lines. Because sometimes we feel like, I mean, how many of us believed something 
when we were new in Christ, only to have revelation and healing bring clarity to realize what we thought was the whole kit and caboodle back here was a, just a tiny glimpse of what the word actually meant. And God wants us to get into the word to a place where when we, when we read it, it does like, uh, you know how your cars now are, are hooked up to computers when they do a tune-up? Well, when we read the word, it's like being hooked up to the very bloodline of Jesus. So when we read it, it tunes us. To, it, to exactly his heart for us. And it gets rid of anything that sets itself up into opposition to who he says he is or what his word says. I mean, that really is what we're going for. You know, James, uh, James 4, 7, we're submit to God. We're to, we're to submit to him. And we resist the devil who we know is trying to kill, steal, and destroy us. But when we submit to God and resist the devil, what happens? The enemy flees. Yes. But if we submit to God with a partiality or skewed perspective of what we're submitting to, then it gives the enemy some room to wiggle. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yes. When we submit to God saying, God, I submit that you will provide everything that I need according to your... You know, but then the enemy's like, oops, I've got something to work with here. There's a butt in her heart. There's a butt in her mind. There is a slight doubt that what God's word says to her is true, which means I've got some wiggle room. I've got a little opening to try to shore up her doubt so she is between, yes, God, I've read your word with my mind, but my soul has taken it to a different place. And so the enemy's like, let's see, what shall I do? Attack her finances, attack her body, attack her family, attack her business. You know, I got a lot of options here. And that's part of this whole process of a wholeness on a journey that we're going on is we're going we're gonna to shake the trees and we're going to see what falls off. And, and we're going to trust God to remove anything. I, I just keep seeing an apple tree and you know how there's big, beautiful apples. And then every once in a while you run across an apple that has a worm in it. We're going to shake out those worms that have guided an end to the beauty of our apples and the beauty to the word of God and, and get loose and let God rewrite what the truth is as we evict the lies that have gotten sewn in. And we understand that that happens. It, it just happens. And we, we don't understand all the time how it happens, but it does happen. You know, it's like Paul was saying, you've been taught by thousands. But I want you to get under a place where all the thousands are shaken loose. So the one, the word can teach you. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I went on a mission trip one time and um, um, it was a mission trip. And I went with an organization and we went to Haiti 
Uh, and it was very interesting because I didn't know any of those people. And I, but I just felt like God said, when they had the earthquake, I want you to go to Haiti. And I said, God, it'd be much easier for me to write check. Probably much more effective. <laughs> Probably much more effective. Because it was a medical mission. <laughs> and if anyone knows me, <laughs> medicine is not my thing. I can probably look at you and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. But if you're going to throw up, I am out of here. I can't do it. If there's anything, I mean, I can do blood, but, you know, there's certain things. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I know I've, I've gone to pray in the hospital with someone one time, and uh, uh, this happened to my mom, too. So that's the reason I'm so sensitive. But have you ever seen those suction things that they said? They were like, I just want you to come pray for my brother. I'm like, glad to do it, glad to do it. They're like, we're going to have to suction him. I'm like, I got to go on the <laughs> You know, so I'm going on a medical mission. I'm like, God, I'm sure I've got the wrong number. I'm sure you need to call. I'm like, Karen, she could do medical all day long. So I go, so I go. So uh, I'm on this medical mission, and I get to work in the triage tent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. And it's like 100 degrees down there. So, um, so you know, I'm working in the medical mission, all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, there's a whole group of us from different avenues, different teachings. And I listen as one lady explains to this small group that uh, there's a second chance of salvation when they die. So they need not worry about their... Uh, you know, I'm, I, can you tell them? I'm getting all nervous just saying it out loud. They need not worry about the ones that, that were lost in the earthquake if they weren't saved because they'll get a second opportunity. So I'm not in charge. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm just like praying and I'm like, well, I uh, might want to hold that thought because <laughs> so we get in the whole leadership team gets together and um, we get into this and we are talking to her about this. We've got the word out. Everybody's got their Bible out. We're all reading from the same page. Like we're on the same page, like word for word. It's not like you've got the amplified and you've got that. No, we all have the same version. It's all the same. So we're no. I've heard it teach that way by so-and-so. I taught that way, this specific verse. And we're like, we don't actually, I mean, I don't know what to say to that, but the word actually says, no, they were insistent. And um, you can't do nothing with that. I mean, you really cannot do anything with that. You've got to want the word to transform you. And if we've got the word wrong or, or slightly skewed or whatever it is, we've got to want the word to be corrected within us in order to align us with the spirit of the living God. Because if we make a mistake, we want it fixed. And it didn't matter. She was not going to be convinced by the word, by prayer, by anything else. She was not going to be convinced. And um, I mean, there's really nothing you can do about that. I mean, we prayed together. We talked together. Um, but there's nothing you can do about that. And I share that because there is something that we can do with what God has for us. There is something we can do about what God has for us. When we read the word 
the word will transform us. When we read the word, it will settle any error that has happened as long as we're willing to read the word and be in community with one another and share the word and talk through the word. Um, I want to read a little bit more. We're going to read out of John 14 for a few minutes. And we're going to start in verse 6. Because we're going after the truth. That's what we're going after. We want the truth of God to align in us. Verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we aren't going any further until our soul and our mind and our hearts can align with John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, this is who he is. He is the way. He says he is the truth. And he says he is the life. And that no one can go to the Father except through him. That is our truth. And if that is a struggle for you, that is not a problem. Let me know and we will work through this. Because it is the, the 101, the basics of Jesus that can't be in question in our heart. And if they are, then God will help us just like Peter. He will, he will show us what the hidden uh, untruth is so he can replace it with the truth. And there are many people who don't think Jesus is the way. He, they think he's a way. They don't think he's the truth. They think he's relevant to what you think. So is, is he relevant to you? Then he's your truth. And I'm not talking about people of the world. I'm talking about people in the church. I belong to a denomination who actually had a vote at their general council meeting on whether Jesus was the way or not. And they voted no. That's shocking. And eventually they did reverse that vote. But to think a majority of pastors, ministers, leaders, elders voted in a Christian denomination that Jesus was not the way. And all of us may say, well, we believe Jesus is the way. And that's, that's good. That's what we want. But these are some of these checks we have to go along the way and say, God, is your word that I'm reading a yes and amen in me? Or is there a maybe? Or I can believe part of it. Those are the checks we have to go through to find this journey of wholeness. We have to go through those spirit checks, those soul checks, those mind checks to see, do I believe not only the written word, but the living word of God that I am following to realign us in the place we need to go. 
So I'm going to go on to the next verse. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He asked us a question to stir us for the answer. He's asking Philip, Philip, now let, let's, let's go through our life together in these three, right at three years. Let's go through this together. I'm asking you because I need to, for you to check yourself, go through this process in your heart, in your mind and say, where's the disconnect here? I've taught you myself all these years. So help, help me help you connect with what is true. And this is the rest of verse nine. It says, he who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? Again, he asked him another question to provoke him to really think about where am I? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the father and the father in me or else believe for the sake of the works themselves. So Jesus is asking us here to believe that he is in the father and that the father is in him. And he's even telling uh, uh, Philip or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. But I'm going to take that last part out and just challenge us. Do we believe that Jesus is in the father and the father is in him? John 17 goes this whole process of Jesus talking to the father about them being one. And not only are they one, but we are one in him. So when the father sees Jesus, he sees us hidden in Christ. Yes. And amen. And it's funny when we think about just being one, we know that we live in this world, but we also know that we're seated in heavenly places, hidden in Christ. Cause that's what the word says. We know that we live from the heavenly realm to the earthly realm. And that's probably the most challenging part for all of us because our physical nature is here. But our spiritual nature is greater than our physical nature because of the capacity that we have in Christ to do the things that Christ did. And we're going to shake loose some of these things that prevent, I don't know if prevent is even the right word. We're going to shake loose some of these things that restrain us from living out of the spiritual realm into the earthly realm instead of the opposite. And that's part of the war we face every day too. 
but it's going to be good. It sounds heavy. It sounds like a lot, but if anything, we should be cheering because God is good and his word is alive and whatever's not right inside of us, he will take care of. You know, if we seek him, we find him when we seek him with all of our heart. So this is a season of renewal and refreshment and realignment. This is a season of pulling our plumb line straight to make sure that when we look, it's in alignment with God. I don't know. Do you guys ever use a level? We have lots of levels. Yeah. And, and so we just need to make sure that that bubble is level. And if it tilts a little to the right, then we're like, God, what's on this right side that needs to be centered a little to the what's on this side that needs to be centered because God you are the center of everything you are the center of everything amen amen thanks for joining us today we hope you are encouraged if you would like more content like this please visit cindy-stewart.com We'll see you next time.